welcome to a special pop-up podcast of Kentucky Politics Weekly. Uh, we had the uh, the Democratic debate in Nevada last night, and it was, uh, to me and Tom at least, it was such a freaking train wreck that we thought we had to come and, and, and talk about it for a little bit. Uh, we brought back our guest from yesterday, our good friend Stephanie Steitzer-Holscher is here with us, and... Uh, I guess Stephanie, we'll let is is the is the Democrat. We'll let you kind of give us your your thoughts real quick, kind of top level, and then we'll go through the candidates individually in a sec. Yeah, you know, in the moment it was it, we discussed over uh, amazing breakfast that Trey cooked, but uh, you know, it was it felt very uncomfortable to watch it at times. It, it felt like a train wreck, like a disaster. Um, there was a lot of screaming and jumping up and down in my living room last night, uh, but. You know, after some sleep uh, and a cup of coffee this morning, I realized, like, it wasn't necessarily a disaster. It might have been the best debate for our party that we have had uh, since these debates started many moons ago in terms of um, interest. Because, you know, at the end of the day, what we have to do as a party is figure out who can beat Trump, right? And what you needed from a debate is not a wonky policy thick discussion like we've seen in some of the previous debates although interesting to policy nerds like us sitting around this table uh probably doesn't capture the uh, attention or imagination of a lot of americans sadly but last night you got a street fight and you got to see who can throw some punches and you got to see how uh some of these candidates take some punches and i think that is so critical when it comes to evaluating uh, who could beat Donald Trump. Yeah, but, you know, at, at the same time, this is still a competitive primary. It's got a long way to go. And when it starts to get acrimonious like this, all you're doing is giving other side, the other side fodder for, for later. You know, I said before, this is what happened to us in 2012, is we came out so wounded from the primary that we sent Mitt Romney out, you know, with a with a limp and a cane, and he did he, he wasn't able to, to compete in the fall. Yeah, and listen, there was a that, that discussion, that part of the debate last night where they got into uh uh bloomberg's billions was really uncomfortable oh, i could Todd, just Todd, imagine the clips Chuck, of the republicans Todd and the rest of the moderators. i mean they completely lost control of that thing about uh the midway through that the, the 10 or the nine o'clock hour i mean they totally lost control of the entire program well and i, and I don't think that any candidate did a great job uh of of addressing it maybe warren uh you know like like i don't care how much he makes you know like the question shouldn't be like you know should you exist bloomberg like should you, <laughs> which was weird in itself but you know like fine you know like i'm capitalist make money it's that's not necessarily the problem that our country faces right we've got a broken tax There's structure of this all becoming like too newsworthy in our discussion. So do you right. remember ever like all of us wonkish types looking back and seeing old debate footage? Like I, it seems like much more and more like kind of the, the debates getting away from the moderators. And I just don't remember that from back in the day, like seeing this type well, of, I think you also had sing you used to have single moderators who were stronger individuals. You know, you, you had, you would have one moderator who was a well-respected news person and, and really experienced, yeah, and experienced, and, and knew, and and had the gravitas to be able to step in and say, "Oh, oh, yep. oh we're gonna dial this thing back down." But now, when you've got like four different moderators, they're bouncing around between it's moderating you. by committee, and yeah, each and one of these moderators always has an agenda. Who's the one who's empowered to to tell everybody else to shut the hell up? We got to move on. Like yep. it's it's yeah, they lose. I mean, they they just lose the plot on it. You know, but Stephanie, to your point about mm-hmm. about Bloomberg's billions. 
know, there's a reason that that tax uh, decreases always pull well is because one of the great things about America is every American thinks yep. they're going to be rich someday. And coming out and saying, nobody should earn this this much money. Da, da, da. <laughs> I can tell you how that's going to play in the fall. Not well. Because right. every American thinks they're going to be rich someday. And, you know, I'll be damned if Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren is going to come take my cash. I just don't think that, that the questions were framed well. Um, you know, Bernie tried to sort of touch on it at one point in a, in a decent way when he said, don't you think that some of your workers contributed to the wealth, not just your own hard work? And that, I think, is a sound message. And that's a message that Bernie could take to places like eastern Kentucky where coal miners, you know, got screwed and sat in front of the train tracks for weeks because they got stiffed on their paychecks, right? If Bernie comes to eastern Kentucky, I think we have to do a Road trip that would be amazing <laughs> like we need to go rent like a custom van and we just need to follow bernie around It'd be like the time andy johnson and i had to go take a hair care kit to kdp when john edwards was on his poverty tour of, of east kentucky <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> uh, uh, all right well, let's, let's let's go through let's go through kind of uh uh there, there's general consensus on winners and losers. Let's let's start with the losers side first, because uh, that's kind of more interesting. And we're, we'll start with Michael Bloomberg and kind of go around and get everybody's thoughts on poor, poor midget Mike. I mean, how was he not ready for some of those questions, for some of those shots? Like you had to know. I said it yesterday. You got to know all guns are going to be fired on you. And uh, there was something for every candidate up there to hit Bloomberg on. Uh, and he wasn't, he didn't seem to be ready. And I don't know if it's just a general uh, level of arrogance that, that, that comes with being, you know, richer than God. Like, oh, I don't have to answer these questions from you people kind of thing. But, um, you know, or maybe he was just rusty because it's been a while uh, since he's been in a debate. Part, but. part of me wonders if he thought it was going to be one of those you know, wonkish, wonkish poly discussions pol- and didn't yeah. realize he was walking into a knife fight. But, Should have been prepared for, the, mean, for the, the bullets. The maybe they didn't like a joke I told. That'll, That's so awesome. That'll, that'll, be, that'll, be on a, that'll be on a TV ad somewhere. Tom is a, is a former, is, a, is an HR expert. <laughs> How do you think that would go over in a, in a mediation of some sort? So, so bad. So let me let me be clear here. I want to I want to be real clear on this. Okay, I I personally almost completely detest every one of the candidates on that stage last night. Okay, and I am a diehard Democrat. Right? There's something about every one of those candidates that I loathe. Uh, but that said, I will vote for any of those people on that stage, uh, I will vote for a bag of dead squirrels uh, in, a, in a general election, okay? So I want to I wanna preface by saying that, you know, for me, uh, I, I don't, I, I really cringe at the idea of having to vote for Michael Bloomberg for a number of reasons, uh, for his racial policies, uh, his sexual harassment issues. I don't think billionaires should be buying elections, all those things. But last night, what it showed me is, you know, this guy isn't, he's not, you know, I'm all about second chances. That's a a lot of the work that I do professionally. But this guy is not ready to fully atone for his past mistakes, right? I mean, he was not ready for prime time. Well, you don't, you don't get a sense of, um, you know, remorse for, you know, like, how do you handle the NDA? How do you handle the, the sexual rights? You say, look. 
I was a I was a bad guy for a while, you know. I was I mean, young and dumb and disrespectful, and, 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 and I'm the, not that person anymore. Unless it was like and six I'm, weeks ago. And, yeah, and, 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 I mean, we don't know. And give a, a heartfelt apology. Like I'm really sorry. I think back to some of the things, some of the awful and inappropriate, nasty things I said to these women, and I am really, really sorry for that. You know, some, but you don't said, hear that from him. There's somebody said about mm. j- just saying, "Hey, corporate America in the 1980s and 90s was wrong. It was wrong. I was a part of it." Yep. It was wrong. I've learned. We've all grown. Absolutely. We, you know, and I think that's the very part of that as country is we, 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 we have we we all have the potential yep. for growth and remake ourselves. And you make it into some sort of message about about the good of the country. But. It's same thing with stop and frisk. You know, yes, he said it's wrong and he's sorry, but you you don't get a sense of like a true remorse, right? Like, and and you haven't also seen any level of policy proposals of how can I as president fix some of those uh, harms that I caused well considering what he's paying right now for communications when I when I watched the exchange with Elizabeth Warren I mean I um, you know I, I wanted him to to use a lifeline at that point I mean it was so bad I you know, Stephanie, you need to reach out to this guy because apparently he can pay anybody top dollar on the communications front. <laughs> I mean, this could be a potential Trust client. me, I was approached by some individuals <laughs> saying, hey, his campaign well, is, is I, hiring. But- I will say this, though, before we move on from Bloomberg, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, was his performance bad? Yeah. I, I, we talked about it earlier. But nobody uh, delivered a knockout blow. No, and, and, he, and he started to get his footing a little bit towards yep. the end. But when you're spending $400 million on TV... Yeah. No one except for people like us yep. are going to ever hear the exchanges that just happened. And let I mean, me tell you, it takes some cojones as a billionaire to take it to Bernie Sanders for owning three houses. I mean, that... Well, but I mean, he was kind of like, yeah, I own houses. What about your three? I, my, my favorite part was Bernie was kind of like, well, every Vermont that owns two. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, I work in D.C. I got one in Burlington, and then the other one that every Vermonter has. It's a summer camp. It's yeah. probably true story. Up there. I just wanted Bernie Sanders to yell, "Vermont will not apologize for its cheese." Say <laughs> <laughs> thank you for smoking reference for anyone. Yeah, doesn't yeah. get that. Uh, all right, let's let's move on. Another person. Well, I guess we'll, we'll go a combo here. Who had a rough night? I think because of their interactions with each other. It's Amy Klobuchar and uh, and old Mayor Pete. Uh, it was just it it was uncomfortable to watch. Like I don't know what's going on out there on the campaign trail, but like it was. There's clear that there's something well beyond the podium that these two are mad about. Well, they're fighting for relevancy at this point, right? I mean, and the same voters. Look, here's the thing. I mean, you made a comment earlier, like there's still a long ways to go. There really isn't. Okay, this is kind of the eleventh hour. By next month, this thing is going to be well, the, all but wrapped the, the up. Ninety percent of the, the long way to go is Super be, Tuesday. I mean, you've got you've absolutely. got Nevada, you got South Carolina, and then you have Florida, Texas, California the same day. At, and keep in mind, the only person with the financial wherewithal to be able to run a yep. full campaign in all three of those states at one time is Michael Bloomberg. This is going to be all over in a month. So you know, I, I think with with Klobuchar and Pete, it was. You know, fighting for relevancy, right? So they each had a couple of good weeks uh, coming out of Iowa and New Hampshire. Each one of them enjoyed uh, a week or so of being uh, the media darling for a while. And now they're sort of like, they're still struggling to to, to come up out of the B-list, you know, uh, scenario here. Uh, you know, she's, 
I don't know why everybody thought, I mean, she had a good debate performance a few weeks ago, but she was never going to have the money to compete. I mean, I don't know what she's still doing in this thing, frankly. Running for a VP position. I can't see I mean, why anybody would put her on as a VP. And, it mean, makes no sense. She's not in cycle in Minnesota, so maybe she just did, you know, it's warmer in Nevada right now than it is in Minneapolis, I can guarantee you. I think, though, <laughs> if you're, if I'm her, if I'm her camp or if I'm Pete, you know, you don't really have anything to lose by staying in it either because obviously anything can happen. And frankly, I look back and think, you know, I can't help but think sometimes that Cory Booker and Harris made a huge mistake getting out of it when they did. Uh, given how we've seen Biden sort of, you know, falter and stumble a little bit. We go back to like the media strategy on this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talked a lot yesterday about the newspapers and the changing Mm -hmm. world that we live in. I mean, why did Bloomberg ever put himself in this in the first place? Because he had the ability to completely control his messaging on everything. And and he's not on the ballot in Nevada. If I were him, I would have literally gone to MSNBC and said, hey, I'm buying every ad in every ad break. I can't make it. I got I got a prior engagement, but it's I'm going to buy ego. every bad every ad and every ad break. I'm not on the ballot in Nevada, but you know, we'll it's just roll ego. It. People like that can't help themselves. Well, I mean, he shouldn't. If you hadn't debated at all, he could have completely controlled his imaging going forward until the point that he didn't. Now he's got to be in everything because he's come out and he's underperformed at such a significant level. Well, and you could also ask the question, okay, let's say he wants to be up on the debate stage. You know, he should have spent, you know, the last week getting every interview, every TV outlet, every sit-down interview, address your issues from the past, do it well, do it strongly, do it forcefully, you know, have some positions to offer up of how you're going to really uh, make amends for some of these things. But he didn't do any of that either, you know. And I would, I'd go even a step further. The way I'd handle it, if I, if I were him, I would get, find whether it's Chris Matthews or somebody mm-hmm. somebody who is in uh, an old school, uh, more to the more to the center left mm-hmm. type type person, and say, I'm going to do one interview. We're going to talk about all of it. Do the old We're going to do one down. interview, yep. sit down, like the yeah, old school Barbara Walters, 60 Minutes, 2020 type thing. Yep. We're going to do one interview. We're going to cover it all, and that's all I'm going to say about it. And make pick your reporter. Yep. Have it have the, the sitting room at your house fixed up all nice. Your, you know, your, your wife or living girlfriend or whatever the heck he's got, you know, yeah. hanging out with him. And, and I, I mean, to me, this shows me, I mean, Bloomberg's performance last night, it just shows the, the hubris, you know, of getting into this thing, of not being prepared, of, of still not thinking he's got to really answer some of these questions. And, you know, look, yes, he has a lot of money, but the candidate with the most money didn't win last election. So, you know, I he has Sorry, to... The one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so okay. Look, back to the Klobuchar-Pete thing mm-hmm. and that whole exchange there. Um, and I think I saw some of this on the Twitter feed this morning. So, un- the unlikely circumstance that uh, Amy Klobuchar was to become the um, president of the United States... What's the likelihood that the Marines invade South Bend and just like completely wipe it off the face of the earth? Because there's clearly something else that's going on there. Yeah, there, there's some weird personal. Any, anyway, 
Uh, by the way, I also heard some complaint this morning on uh, the radio that I guess Klobuchar just like walked straight off stage when it was done, didn't shake hands or press the flush with any of her fellow debaters. Which listen, everyone, everyone if looks else... could kill, several people on that stage would have been dead. But, I mean, she's she's fierce. But I mean, even Bloomberg and, and Warren like apparently had a had a cordial conversation afterwards. She just turned turned on heels and walked straight off stage. Um, Let's let's go to the, to the one person that was kind of stuck in the middle last night. Uh, somehow, the person who got I think I saw had the least amount of talking time in the entire debate is a former eight year vice president of the United States, and Dr- that was probably too much to his benefit. Honestly, he didn't come out a loser. He sort of came out neutral yeah, in the middle. The best thing for Biden is to say very little because he's so prone to to gaffes and prone to, you know, stumbling I, I, and working on I th- his foreign relations with uh, Hawaii. I, I, I think he I think Biden is much better as a debater, as a politician when he's the underdog. I, I think Biden's yeah. problem is when he's a perceived front runner. He struggles mm-hmm. with the, he struggles with that. When he's an underdog and he can just and all he, all he gets to do is attack. All he, all he well, and, and nobody was better. attacking him last no. night, so he got to sort of you know coast through. I still think. I mean, it's so hard to discuss this without sounding ageist, but you know he sounds good if you if you if you just listen to this on the radio. But my gosh, I mean, I I, I don't know who can look at this person and say. This is somebody who should, you know, be elected for a four-year term in office. He just looks ill. He does. I'm sorry. My uh, 11-year-old, or soon-to-be 11-year-old, and I were having a conversation about civics. And we were going back and forth, and she expressed some, okay, so there's Washington, explain the Washington, D.C. versus the Washington State. And I feel like that's something that, like, Biden could trip up on right now. (laughs) Yes, they're two different places, like, and they're very different. Yeah, there, there's a there's a Richmond in every state in in, in the union. Like I could totally see him being like. And there was one word Richmond. last night that he kept uh, fumbling, interchanging with a different word. It's just you know you can't in a general election you are not going to be able to to run away from those problems and hide from those problems. I still just think Biden's really problematic but you know uh we'll see how he does in south carolina how do you like to be his handler <laughs> god no just job. no no all right let's go to, to kind of the perceived runner up uh probably uh pocahontas liz warren and uh <laughs> 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 at least the breakfast was good <laughs> yeah she uh, she got some fire in her belly, and and I think the biggest thing was she had a foil who she wasn't afraid to attack. I think she's been in a position where mm-hmm. she knows she can't go out and just rip Bernie, who's the person that she needs to tear down because that's who she's competing with for votes. Because it'll piss off the Bernie people that she needs to come home to her right. should Bernie get knocked out. So she's got to treat Bernie with kids' gloves, but she needs to get her talking points out. She hasn't really had somebody who she felt comfortable using as that foil, and boy. She felt comfortable using, using and Bloomberg. And it's so great bag. for her, you know. It's also he's the perfect foil for yeah, her, given absolutely. her background as you know, consumer rights advocate and and fierce defender. You know, I mean, he is the perfect foil for her, and she took it to him really hard, and was I think she had a really strong night. Uh, you know, for weeks I've sort of been wondering. I mean, what is 
her path, right? There's not a clear path. Um, Bernie's not getting out of this. Yeah, He's not I, going and I, anywhere. And I still don't think her path exists. Her I mean, she, path, she was good she's last got night. a small, what I finally have come to believe is she has, she's got the brokered convention path if it comes to it. And this thing continues that, to blow up. A brokered convention is, a brokered convention, I can guarantee you this, a brokered convention will end up with a more centrist nominee. Her, but her, she's more centrist than Bernie Sanders. Yeah, but she, that's, the right? only, that's the only person that she's more centrist than. You know, and she, 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 her, her only hope is that people decide, I want a socialist but not a communist. And... They and 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 they move off of Bernie onto her. Like that's her. That's her one. I I still think you know if she's got a really narrow path, but she she's there's no like with Pete and Amy. Even though I wish they would drop out, there's no benefit of dropping out at this point. I mean, you're there. You've you've you're. You told me ten years ago we would be talking about the centrist candidate (laughs) as Elizabeth Warren. I mean, what in the war? Where have I gotten lost? I will say she's going to command a tremendous amount of power at a convention. I, I don't think she could come out of a broker convention as the nominee, but she'll tremi- she'll command a tremendous amount of power because she'll have a, a probably the third, maybe fourth most delegates. She won't have a path to get to the top, but her control over those delegates is going to be vital to whoever gets it, if, if it were to go She's direction. very good at delivering the message in a populist way, too. You don't underestimate that part of it either. Um, I think she's an effective speaker. I mean, I, I don't see as much of it. I have an alarm at my house when MSNBC gets turned on. Like, it's like, whoop, whoop, whoop. And so I, I get out of the room. But um, This is I, a true story. <laughs> in my house, MSNBC was on the television so much that it's ruined the television. The MSNBC <laughs> logo is burned on the bottom right hand of the I, screen. My I, husband's I, really mad about that. I don't watch any of them. The, the last <laughs> time I watched Fox News was in 2007 when I was working at the state party. Uh, they went to commercial break, and the teaser going to commercial break was, are attractive couples more likely to have girls? We have a surprising new study coming up after the break. And me and the guy who was working in the office with me, Mike Grissom, we looked at each other and said, no, we're not no. doing this. And switched over to ESPN. I've not watched... Yeah. Any cable network except for like breaking news, which even for that I go to CNN still because yeah. they're the best. Anyway, uh, let's go to, to to the to the one clear winner purely because nobody really laid a solid punch on him, and he's the front runner, which which is bizarre to me is, is Bernie Sanders. Um, you know, I, I see a lot what happened in 2016 for the Republicans shaping up here, where the undercard all became obsessed with taking each other out so it could be them one-on-one with Trump. And it just made Trump more powerful because nobody ever hit him. You know, I I think that that's what's happening here. I think everybody on the undercard are so obsessed with knocking uh, knocking their kind of rival for their little section of the votes out that nobody's focusing on Bernie and it's giving him clear run on top of the water. Well, I I disagree with that take somewhat. You know, because this was Bloomberg's first debate, it was obvious to me going into this that he was going to be the target uh, and rightfully so. It's the first time he's really been questioned uh, on some of these issues uh, on the big stage. Um, whereas Bernie, you know, you know, his issues they are not new. He's, he's taken the fire before. And also if you're, I mean, everybody up there short of Elizabeth Warren is a centrist. What you don't really gain anything by taking shots at Bernie, uh, because his people aren't going to ever become your people. But you have to stop more people from going over to him. Like that's, that's the goal now is if you can keep him where he's at, 
that's fine. Somebody else will win, but it. But- I think it's done. I think I think it's a foregone conclusion, and it was a waste of time. And if you're Amy, Pete, or Biden, uh, or Elizabeth, you needed to be uh, trying to to take down Bloomberg, the guy with billions. You needed to try to stop him in his tracks before he starts picking up steam uh, ahead of Super Tuesday. Uh, I tweeted last night that we've we've already seen Bernie 1.0, and that was William Jennings Bryant from the 1800s. He lost four times running for president. He was like the populist populist. I I kept expecting Bernie to stand up and be like, fields across the gold, fields of golds, we need to get rid of the golds. Like, Bernie's got this weird amalgamation of straight out of 1840s Democratic, or 1860s Democratic politics and Karl Marx. Like, it's a weird combination of stuff that, that... has never, ever, 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 ever worked in the past. And he's like, well, maybe if I patch it together this way, it'll work. And it's, it, I mean, I think if Bernie's the nominee, there's a path to Republicans taking back the House even. I mean, it's, it's, it, it is a potential bloodbath for Democrats if Bernie's the nominee, which I'm, I'm like, go Bernie. But. I don't think anybody can predict that far out in advance. I mean, we're just in such uncharted territories, and I'm out of, I'm done making predictions. My <laughs> predictions are always oh, wrong. I'm not, I'm not predicting. I'm saying there's a path there <laughs> to take the, it'll, I think it'll be tough for Republicans to take the House if it's, Bloomberg versus Trump, or or maybe even Warren versus Trump, or you know, but if it's Bernie versus Trump, there's a strong path there to take. There's just so many. There's still so many variables. You know, I I think what what was clear to me, what what I thought was good, waking up this morning, thinking about that debate last night, was we got to see the gloves come off. We got to see you know some punches thrown, and we got to see what it looks like for some of these candidates to take punches because that's what. A general election is going to be right. Uh, so, um, you know, Bernie and listen, you know, we're a bunch of policy wonks. But at the end of the day, so much of this type of election is it's a motive. And, you know, Bernie, I think, was a clear winner, not just because he didn't have to take a lot of heat, but because he's such a strong fighter. I mean, he's he's older than Biden, but you wouldn't know it by the just his energy level and his his comfort level with with because he he's comfortable with who he is. He knows who he is. He's not apologetic for it, which is such a problem for candidates in my party. That's another interesting thing, though, coming out was was and concerning to point Bernie's refusal to release any medical records on himself. Which that's going to come. That's that's going to become an issue. But in a general, is it an issue? No. I mean, no. Trump's fudging his medical records. But remember, right? You, so. I mean, this right now. I'm the healthiest person ever. <laughs> right now, this is all about who's going to who's who's Trump going to face, and that's you know, it's that's the intriguing thing to watch right now. And then it's going to be a whole other puzzle to put together in the fall. But but I think everybody when, talks about like democracy coming to an end. I mean, you are definitely going to have whether it's in the prime or whether it's in the general election two very distinct paths there are going to be choices in this election and people i we hate to talk about this because it's not doesn't bode well for democracy right but people don't vote on policy ideas anymore they vote on emotion they never did oh well that's probably (laughs) true but they vote on emotion and i'm not sure i am ready to write bernie off i mean look and i'm not bernie bro or bernie sis or whatever those people are called but you know i'm just i'm not in this camp of bernie can't beat trump because we didn't think trump could win uh we didn't think he could win the primary we didn't think he could win the general 
you know, it's just I, it's going to be such an emotional fight if it's a fight between Trump and Bernie. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to keep this between 25 and 30 minutes for a little pop up and uh, we're at 27. So let's uh, we're going to go ahead and check out of here. You can uh, catch us on all the regular podcasting outlets. If you listen to us on uh, iTunes, please give us a uh, a review and uh, come back with us next Wednesday for our, uh, our regular podcast on Kentucky Politics Weekly.